everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It's July 1st. It is 2022. We have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by my buddy, Eyes819, Keith Eister. What's happening, my friend? Oh, not too much. Just sweating my Cubs a little bit here. I've got a, a couple of Cubs and Phillies combinations that are doing well um, on the Thursday night slate. Cubs have some runs, but it's really just a wisdom grand slam and a bunch of singles. So I'm, I'm hoping we get a few more home runs out of the Cubs here to, to boost some of those teams up to the top. Yeah, my wife's like, we are going to spring clean our kids' toys today. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't have any premium content. I haven't played in like a week and a half of baseball. I'll take one more day off. And of course, I really like the Phillies and the Pirates. And uh, right before we got started, I was looking at today's slate. I looked at yesterday's slate and I was like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I saw all the home runs, too. And I was like, oh, gosh. And then Votto just homered like, all right. You know, hey, at the end of the day, at least what I what me and Will talked about on the podcast yesterday was super solid. So I got that going for me. Um and I lost one of my favorite disc golf discs today. And I didn't even lose it. I left it on a hole. And I'm like, oh, oh so, yeah, it was just. I imagine those are a little, ex- little more expensive. No, you know, that one, that one actually, I got it like in Jacksonville when I was playing a tournament. And it was a guy that like dies disc and like I got it pretty cheap. But, you know. You know what? Oh, what else? It happens to the best of us. So we got 10 games to talk about today. Um, if you are listening to this podcast early in the morning and you play Daily Fantasy NASCAR, I'm going to leave the NASCAR special up for a little bit longer um, until I wake up. So if you want the rest of the season for $199 and you're listening to this in the morning, take advantage of that. I will change it back um when i wake up so i think it's going to go up like 50 dollars. so take advantage of it 19 races for 199 bucks you know we have a ton of nascar left which is crazy to think about so and we're getting more data and i feel like i'm getting um getting on it this year now so i'm excited yeah you've been been absolutely crushing it man i know last week you were on toyota big time i I know you probably don't want to talk about the pit stops (laughs) i'm sure you've tilted that enough but I, I tailed you on some of those win bets and it was looking pretty good there at the end. And they decided to, uh, to come into the pits with a couple laps to go and didn't end up working out well for them. It was something right, Keith, like the <laughs> whole really race Toyota dominates the <laughs> whole race and we, we don't get it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it happens sometimes. Like I went from like having a weekend where I was up like 15 units betting for NASCAR to only up like three and it was like man it could have been so good anyway socks and baseball we got a good slate here today 10 games a little bit of concerns with weather in detroit we got cores we'll have to see what roth has to say about that detroit game weather we're just going to break it down like usual um let's get into it we start here milwaukee at pittsburgh we got burns going up against Contreras in this one seven and a half total brewers a 200 favorite here corbin burns going up against pittsburgh um i'll say this and i said it yesterday on the podcast quietly pittsburgh has made some call-ups and they are much better offense than they were a month ago um you know pretty much the whole first half of the season corbin burns is an elite pitcher 
you know, he has a 17% swing and strike rate. He has a 32% K rate. He's an elite pitcher. He's a guy that most nights you can bet on him taking or getting over eight strikeouts. Um, Burns against Pittsburgh. Yeah, the offense is better, but I still think I lean Burns here in Pittsburgh at 10-6 on this slate. Yep, I agree with you. He he is the top pitcher on the slate. We've got Cole on the slate as well, but he's against a low strikeout Cleveland team. Um, so it, it'd be Burns number one over Cole for me. Um, Pittsburgh a little bit better, but still they still strike out a lot. Um, they are a lot more left-handed heavy um, now that they called up like O'Neill Cruz and, and Sawinski, a couple of talented younger guys. Uh, but Burns just elite skill set, best pitcher on the slate for me. Great, great ballpark too going into Pittsburgh. Well, they caught up another one too. Um, Madras, Madras. Yeah, yeah, he's been hitting well. Yeah, so I mean, another lefty. So yeah, righties against this team, and, and you know, one of the reasons I like Pittsburgh yesterday, we talked about it um, on the podcast. It was just it's a good spot for them. Um, but yeah, I think Burns is in a great spot here. This is a much different spot than Hauser. You know, Hauser, low strikeout guy, gives up a ton of hard contact. You know, Burns, even when he does give up contact, he's not a guy that typically gets blown up. So really like the spot for Burns. And then, I mean, Contreras on the other side of this game, I think he's super solid tournament play. I He's a guy that if he could get the walks under control, he has massive strikeout upside. And I mean, maybe this isn't the spot to play him in DFS, but this is definitely a spot I'd be looking at his strikeout prop, this Milwaukee team is not as good as it has been, um, and they do have some strikeouts here. It's just the walks on the DFS side. So if he goes out and has like a two-walk, you know, seven, eight strikeout game, he's 6,800. He's so cheap, Keith. Like, there's a seven and a half total, and I get, like, why Milwaukee is a 200 favorite here. But if we're looking at, like, the pitchers under 8K, Lance Lynn against the Giants, Kelly and course, you know, Marco Gonzalez gets Oakland, but it's not like Marco Gonzalez is a huge strikeout guy. We don't have a ton of ceiling type of options, especially like, you know, we could potentially make a, you know, an argument for Brad Keller against Detroit, but if that game has weather, you know, we're just kind of running out of options. So I think, I think Contreras at 6,800 is a tournament play that I'm looking at today. Yeah, I think Lynn's going to be the chalk down in this range for sure, even just like with the a difficult matchup, but just a guy that goes deep into games. He, he's a better pitcher than his price tag. So and, and he's only what, 600 more or something, 800 more. Um, but I, I do like Contreras for for tournaments, a young guy that I've been super high on. I have I've chased his strikeout props over the last couple of games, and it hasn't worked out to this point. Um, a little bit of wildness, like you mentioned, with the control. Um, and just getting Babbitt to death, really. Like he's been giving up a bunch of just bloop singles and things like that. Um, but yeah, really talented guy. I like this matchup against Milwaukee. Like there's there's some strikeouts in the Milwaukee lineup. Love the price tag at 6,800. And the leash has looked pretty good here. He's been over 90 pitches in each of his last two. Um, so I think that six innings and six, seven, eight Ks are are within his range of outcomes. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna play some Contreras here. Uh, bats in this game anything standing out to you here for the brewers um i mean it's, he is still a contrary a young pitcher so I, I always never mind stacking against those guys um just looking at the price tags Tellez really stands out at 3400 absolutely love that one 
Um, Narvaez is a, a catcher in the mid range at 36. That's, that's not bad. Yelich has been just kind of down all season. 4,400 is too cheap probably for him though. Um, Adamas is fine at 4,800. He's, he's probably their best pitch, best hitter at this point with Yelich's struggles. Uh, but I, I think I lean to, to Yelich a little bit cheaper, like him from the left side a little bit better. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can get to a full stack here because of some of these prices. Uh, Colton Wong is also really cheap after spending some time on the, the IL. He's at 2,900. He hasn't been back up to his typical leadoff spot. Maybe he, he gets back up there, but he's been hitting in the five or six hole here, but he's only 2,900. So I do like the pricing on the, on the Brewers here. I, I think you can stack them just in case Contreras doesn't figure it out. Um, and the Pittsburgh bullpen is, is nothing to be afraid of either. Yeah. I, and you know, a young pitcher that struggles with walk and hard contact. And while I do like Contreras on the tournament side, I also don't mind, you know, looking at the Brewers stack and it's baseball. That, that's the best thing about baseball. It's one of those sports you can really just kind of hedge yourself where, you know, when you, when you're looking at football and you, you have a, an offense that averages 28 points a game and going up against the worst defense, you're not going to really hedge that, um, you know, baseball is way different. Pittsburgh side. I mean, Burns is good. I don't expect Burns to get blown up here as much as I like Pittsburgh on Thursday's slate. I think I'm just going to kind of pass um, Cruz. And some of these young guys have been hitting the ball fantastic, but I don't think this is the right spot um, going up against Burns. Yeah, I'm, I'm not picking on who I think is the best pitcher on the slate. Tough ballpark for home runs, too. Um, pretty big slate here with 10 games, so I don't think we need to do it. Yeah, I mean, he is a guy that gives up home runs. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I don't want to say that he doesn't, but trying to pinpoint one, maybe two home runs here would be well, so Well, I mean, tough. they have guys that hit three a game now. I'm, I'm sure you saw the Reynolds three-homer game the you know, other night. But and he, Michael, Michael Perez hit three on Thursday night. Like, what is going on here? And it just <laughs> – uh, it makes me so mad because I was like, if I would have played, he would 100% been my catcher because he was like $22, $23, in a and stack that, that I like. punts catcher, right? Yeah, never. <laughs> uh, he would have uh, – gosh. The one, the one day. <laughs> hey, we got, we got a lot. We got like four boxes of donation toys done today, though. So my wife's happy. All right. We got the Yankees and the Indians – or the Guardians, sorry um, – I'm going to do that at least three or four more times this year. Eight total. Yankees a 200 favorite here. Cole against Civilli. Um, Garrett Cole going up against Cleveland. You kind of already talked about it. This is not an offense that typically strikes out a lot. You know, the lineup that they roll out most days has a 15%. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts here on Cole? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar skill set to Burns. Um, every, bit, every bit is good of a pitcher, but it's the, it's the matchup. Cleveland is the lowest strikeout team in baseball. Don't get, I'm sure that that Burns will grab more ownership. I'm not the only guy that can look at opposed, opponent strikeout rates and see that, that Burns has a far better matchup. So I think the ownership will go to Burns. Cole is a, a phenomenal tournament pivot. Just because he's facing a, a low strikeout offense doesn't mean that he can't go out here and strike out double-digit guys like he can rack up 10 Ks in the spot. No problem. Um, I don't think it's as likely as Burns doing it, but it's still within the range of outcomes. So if he, if he's coming in with half the ownership of, of Burns, then I probably try to get over the field on Cole. Yeah. I, I want to see the ownership. I want to see the lineup 
for Cleveland as well. Because, uh, I mean, they don't have a ton of power. They, you know, Ramirez and Naylor, they have power. The rest of the lineup is just good at making contact. They don't walk a lot. They put the ball in play. They don't strike out a lot. So that's just kind of one of those things where I'm worried. I, I just want to see what the lineup looks like. Garrett Cole against any team could put up 30 plus and strike out 10. So I want to see what the lineup looks like. We'll go from there on Cole. But as of right now, I like Burns more than Cole. I will say that I don't have a ton of interest in Aaron Zavilli, you know, 20% K rate guy, five X FIP. He just, he gives up so much hard contact to both sides of the plate. He has a 226 ISO against right-handed hitters this year. We think about the right-handed power bats in this lineup. I just, I think this is a rough spot to even consider him. Yeah, I, I do too. Really low strikeouts. The Yankees have a ton of power. Um, really tough spot for him. I just, like, Cleveland has all of these guys that have low strikeouts. They generate, they do a decent job of generate, generating ground balls, but they're not, like, elite at it. And they just seem to skate by. Like, Savali's had, had a, a really rough season. Um like I like the Yankees quite a bit in the spot. I'm I'm not playing Savali even though he's he's pretty cheap. Uh, yeah, I like the Yankees bats. Uh, this is definitely a stack that I'd be looking at. You know, I think you're trying to get two or three of the studs with Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, LeMahieu, Matt Robert Carpenter. Just did second, by the way. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, Matt, Wisdom hit his second two a minute ago. I don't know if you saw that, but I did. Oh no, um, I'm sorry. That was that was a replay. I just saw it. But yeah, Wis- Wisdom did just hit his second. Okay, yeah. I was like, well, why are you messing with me, man? <laughs> sorry. I did say he was going to get two hits, and one was going to be a home run on the podcast yesterday. So it would have been awesome if both of them were home runs. But um, as far as the Yankees bats go, I want two or three of the studs, and then I'll kind of fill in like Josh Donaldson, forty two hundred. That's a good price, depending on who's catching for them. Uh, the Yankees lineup is kind of all over the place right now. So you can get, you could probably get three studs and two cheap bats here and make this Yankee stack work with still getting like Burns or somebody up towards the top. Yeah, absolutely. Um, love the, the big power bats. Um, Judge is one of my favorite plays on the slate, even though he's expensive. Um, can always play Stanton and Rizzo. Donaldson is, is cheap, as you mentioned. I like Trevino as a cheap catching option if he's in there. Um, yeah, I, the Yankees are, are in a good spot here. I think Savali isn't going to miss any bats and the Yankees are going to have some hard hit balls. That's all you can ask for. I don't really have a ton of interest in the guardians here. Cole is so good. Um, it's kind of like what we were saying with Burns, like Cole, you're trying to pinpoint one or two home runs. Um, I mean the game against Minnesota where he gave up five home runs, that's not going to happen again this season. Yeah, again, it's a it's a bigger slate. I don't think picking on aces on on ten game slates is is really the way to go. Um, there's some good offenses we're gonna we're gonna talk about later on down the slate. Um, yeah, I, I I don't see myself even even chasing home runs. It's too hard to pick them out. Like Naylor is cheap, so I don't mind that. Framil Reyes is, is is pretty cheap, but Cole's really tough on righties. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just I don't see any great options. Naylor would probably be the one I look to. Texas at New York facing the Mets eight and a half total in this game. Mets a one eighty five favorite, one ninety five most places. So I'll say one ninety five. We got Glenn Otto going up against Chris Bassett. Any interest here in Glenn Otto? No, he is just walking far too many guys, and he just came off the COVID list as well. Made one start through, I believe it was sixty pitches in that one. Um, 
so probably a max of 80 pitches here. And he's just, he's walking too, guy, too many guys and the Mets don't strike out. So I think he's a better pitcher than 6,300 if he's fully stretched out, but really tough matchup. Um, I don't think you need it on the slate. I mean, he, he's a talented prospect, but we're looking at a dude with an 18% strikeout rate against one of the teams that has the one of the lowest strikeout rates in baseball against right-handed pitching. So a lot of balls being put in play on top of the 14% walk rate for Glenn Otto. I mean, he's shown the ability that he's probably not called up too soon. Um, so he, he showed that like he has the talent and, you know, this is a guy that is probably going to stick around for the next few years if he can get the con- command and control. And, you know, you look at AAA numbers and stuff, he really didn't have this issue, um, you know, with walking. So we'll see. We'll see where it's at. You know, he's had nine starts. We'll see where it's at 15, 20 starts in um, and really be able to start making a thing. And no spring training, shortened spring training, you know, that that affects these guys too, these, you know, prospects type plays. Uh, Bassett on the other side, he's 9,800. I think the only way I get to Bassett here today is if I'm going double barrel, because uh, at 9,800, I think I would pay the extra money to get a Gonzalez, a Burns, or a Cole today over Bassett. I think Bassett's solid, but I, I really think the only way I'm getting him today is going double barrel. But I think I would rather save the money and go down to like a Joe Ryan, um, who is, I mean, he's been boomer bust, but I, I still think he has more talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with Bassett as well because you've got Cole and Burns that are up there, just not that much more expensive. Um, and then you've got that 8K range who's got some who had some high upside options as well. So he's kind of just stuck in a, a no man's land for for pricing. Like the strikeout rate is strong, but it's not as elite as Burns and Cole. Um, Texas isn't a huge strikeout team. They're kind of middle of the road. So, yeah, I mean, I like Bassett as a pitcher, um, but with, with the aces up top and a couple of, of cheaper options that I think have as at least as much upside, um, I don't see myself getting to him very much. All right, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you for Texas against Bassett? No, not he's not a guy I'm looking to pick on. Um, I, like I said, really talented pitcher, tough ballpark, um, just – like there's some cheap options here. Josh Smith has been leading off. He's 3,200. Uh, but I, Bassett has pretty good control. He's got strikeout ability. Not really a pitcher I like to pick on. Um, and with the ballpark here, probably won't be going here very much. Yeah, the pricing. Seager's 58. Garcia's 58. Marcus Simeon's 53. Like, I'm paying, like, top, pro- like top price, like primo price for – a stack in city field against a good pitcher. I just, I can't do it. I can't recommend it today. Um, the Mets, I don't mind the Mets as a stack. The ballpark is the biggest thing, but I mean, you get a young pitcher that's been struggling with walks and command, you know, you got guys like Alonzo, you get, you got some big bats here that can make a difference in a, in a game. Um, like Jeff McNeil really hasn't had a ton of power, but he's been, great at getting on base, you know, Brandon Nimmo, Brandon Nimmo, same thing. Um, like they just don't have a ton of power in this lineup with the ballpark and everything like that. I don't think I land on them on a 10 game slate. Cause I don't know if they necessarily have the ceiling on a 10 game slate to win the slate. 
Yeah. Um, I think with, with Otto's walk issues that they're, they're in play here, but I agree. I don't love the ballpark and the pricing isn't phenomenal. Obviously play Alonzo anytime you want. He's great as a one-off. He can hit a home run against anybody. Nimmo, I think is, is, has a great price tag at 4,400. Uh, but Lindor has kind of struggled this year. He's 5,200. Marte at, at 5k doesn't, isn't terribly interesting. I do like the McNeil call. Escobar has been better from the other side of the plate. Canna at 3,300 is, is decent, but I'm, I agree. I just don't love the pricing here. Um, Nimmo, like I could do an Alonzo Nimmo McNeil, I think is a, a three-man stack. I, I do like that, but not many full stacks here, despite this being the profile of a pitcher I usually like to attack. A guy that gives up a, a lot of walks um, usually helps just put some, put some traffic on the bases and that, that leads to extra runs. So I, I want to attack Otto, but I don't love the pricing on Lindor and Marte. Um, so I'm going to struggle to get it to a full stack, I think. All right. Kansas City at Detroit, like I said at the beginning, this is a game we'll have to pay attention to the weather. What Roth has to say we got Brad Keller going up against Michael Pineda in this one. No total out for this game because Pineda's coming off the IL and he's expected to pitch, but not announced yet. So, yeah. Um, Brad Keller, 5,700. If there is no weather concerns, he is strictly in play because he's facing the worst offense in baseball and he's a righty and he's 5,700. He has some strikeout stuff. I think he's typically four to six strikeouts here, but I mean, this is a dude that just put up 29 against Oakland a couple games ago. Um, we know that he can do it. It's just, you don't feel great about clicking his name, but there's not a ton of options down here today. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, it doesn't feel great, but the the price is right and the matchup is right, and that's that's really all that matters. He's fully stretched out, going to go plenty deep into the game. The strikeouts have been really hit or miss. Um, the, the strikeout rate for the season overall isn't great, but he has had a couple of those outlier games where he racks up 6Ks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's the spot to play him and just because of the matchup, uh, assuming that the weather is okay. You don't even necessarily need him to get six strikeouts in this game at his price. Yeah, it would be fantastic, and you'd be super happy about it. But if he goes out and just has a solid outing and puts up 18 fantasy points, you're super pumped at this price. Um, yeah. The other side, Michael Pineda, he's 6,600. He's coming off the IL. Um, he hasn't pitched since May. Um, I... I highly doubt he gets a long leash here. He threw three and two thirds um, in his in his re last rehab start. I would I would I don't think he sees more than 65, 75 pitches at most. Yeah, but he he did have two um, rehab starts, and both of them were under four innings, three and a third, and three and two thirds, I believe. But yeah, just no no ability anyway. Kansas City doesn't strike out a ton. Pineda has no strikeout ability anymore. So no thanks. Uh, let's talk Kansas City bats. Anything standing out to you here? I don't love this offense. Um, with Perez on the the IL, it, it's watered down a little bit, but there there are some options. Bobby Witt's price has come up as he's kind of found a groove here. Fifty four hundred for him, it's fine. I mean, Pineda is a guy that that'll give up a ton of hard contact, so I, I do have some interest in the Royals bats here. Um, Melendez at forty three hundred, I, I like. Benintendi probably has the best price at 3,800. Um, Pascantino is a guy who 
had a great profile in the minors. Hasn't really done anything. Um, just two games, though, and he's still 2,400. But there's theoretically some power for really cheap from Pascantino. Um, yeah, I mean, I, P- Pineda is, is nobody to fear, and the tr- Detroit bullpen is, is nothing to fear either. So I think you can figure out a stack. Do, do like a Witt, Melendez, Benintendi, Pascantino, and then fill it out with, with whatever position you need. Um, but those would be my top four. My only – so, like, I agree with you on Pineda. He's always a guy that will leave a ball or two right down the middle and, you know, they'll get crushed. The only concern that I will say here is Detroit is a top-five bullpen. They're one of the best bullpens in baseball. And, I mean, they've only – as a bullpen collectively, they've allowed the third-fewest home runs this season as well. Um, that is That is my biggest concern about – potentially stack in Kansas city is because if we, if we really don't think Pineda is going to go more than five innings, then I mean, you're getting good bullpen arms if the game is close. And if Pineda only goes four innings, I mean, you're still getting good bullpen arms. They have so many of them. So, and if I, if I remember correctly, they did not play on Thursday. So, I mean, they're going to have a full rested bullpen. Um, So that is my biggest concern with paying these prices for Kansas city. I might use them more as like one-offs here and just try to pinpoint a home run against Pineda instead of fully stacking. Um, but it could easily work out, Keith. You know, Pineda's a guy that could give up four or five runs in the first three or four innings, and then then you may not get as many of the good arms in the bullpen. But I just wanted to throw out there that, like, the bullpen this year for this team has actually been super solid. Um, so that's my concern. And then the Detroit Bats – on the other side of this game, it's funny because, I mean, Kansas City is one of the worst bullpens um, in baseball. But, I mean, who do you really who do you really stack? I mean, they're <laughs> just they're, – there's such a tough team. And, you know, Brad Keller, we talked about him potentially being in play here. Um, I just – I don't know if I could do it with Detroit. I mean, they have some cheap bats that if you want to use like a one-off or two, sure. If Keller gets a ton of ownership and you want to like hedge – or, you know, just try to get contrarian, I guess, but not necessarily a team I'm going to look at. Yeah, the one thing I will say is that outside of Javier Baez, they are, like, free. Um, Baez has been raking here recently, so his price is inflated um, up to 5700 But I would be looking to guys like Riley Green at 2400 really talented prospect. Um, like, Torkelson just hasn't figured it out, but he's minimum price. Candelario has shown some skills in past seasons. He's minimum price. Like there's, there's some really cheap bats here. Um, I definitely wouldn't full stack them, but as, as a, a way to pay up for two pitch, two stud pitchers. Um, like if you were trying to get a, a Cole and a Burns team, I think a, a Detroit three man is a way to make that work with, with some of these minimum price bats. Um, Moving on. We got Arizona at Colorado. It is course, and I mean, this game has 11 and a half total. Rockies a slight 125 favorite. We got Kelly against Sensatella. Any interest here in Merrill Kelly going into cores and facing the Rockies? Nope. Um, just the Rockies aren't striking out. Don't like to pick on them when, when they're in cores. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's any upside for Kelly here. Yeah, I don't have any interest in Kelly. I don't have any interest in Sensatella. Definitely not. I have a ton of interest in the bats. Um, I mean, looking at the Arizona side, 
there's some cheap guys that I mean Peralta's thirty seven hundred. He's one of the top value plays on the entire slate today. Um, Pavin Smith is thirty one hundred. He's going to be popular. Unfortunately, Arizona did not get the course price bump, um, and it's really easy to make uh, Arizona or Colorado or a game stack work, which I hate personally. I love when it's really hard to play cores and it kind of makes it, you know, where the ownership's a little different, but overall, I think this is going to be one of those spots where we're going to see pretty, pretty big ownership on these two teams. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think Arizona is going to be the chalkiest team on the slate. Uh, Christian Walker at 4,200, a guy who's shown a ton of power. Um, you mentioned the cheap options too, like Peralta, Alec Thomas, Pavin Smith, all in the three K range. Those guys are going to be, highly owned um varsho and rojas are are priced up and Marte too um but they're still going to have plenty of ownership maybe just the struggles of Marte a little bit this season maybe he's one of the lower owned ones because he is over 5k um but yeah like guys like walker peralta thomas smith are are all going to be very highly owned so i mean it is what it is it's a great spot against an extremely low strikeout pitcher um in Coors field where just a massive outfield leads to a ton of uh, hits and d- extra bases and home runs with at altitude as well. So we know what it is. It's course field. You got to figure out what to do, how you, how you want to play the ownership. But I, I do think Arizona is the highest on team on slate here. Yeah. And I mean, don't sleep on the Rockies too. You know, Chris Bryant's back. He's 4,400. Um, yeah. You got to pay up for CJ Crone and Blackman, but I mean, for, for, for what this game environment kind of gives you here, the Rockies are another team that probably too cheap today. Yeah. Ryan McMahon at 3,500 is somebody I'm definitely looking at Chris Bryan at 4,400. Um, I prefer to play the Rockies against lefties. They, they just set up a little bit better, pretty right-handed heavy lineup. Um, but I mean, Kelly has given up hard contact to both sides of the plate throughout his career. So the righties are fine as well. Um, Rogers at 4,500. Grichik at, at 3,800 is, is a guy who's had re- reverse power splits in his career. So I, I do like Grichik. I'll have to dig into his profile a little bit more, but seems like a guy that should profile well against Kelly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's course field. You can definitely play the Rockies. Grichik throughout his career has always been reverse split power guy. So, all right, we got Baltimore at Minnesota. Watkins against Joe Ryan. Some books have this at eight and a half. Some have it at nine. Either most books have it at Minnesota minus two twenty-five. Though, uh, big favorite here for Joe Ryan and the Minnesota Twins. Spencer Watkins finally kind of had a decent game um, last time out against the White Sox. Still only seventy-eight pitches. His pitch count is just so limited. I'm struggling with just the pitches that, you know, even when before he got sent down and called back up, they weren't letting him go too deep into games. Um, I don't know what to do here with him. I don't necessarily love the spot, but if I was going to punt, I don't, I think he'd be a guy that potentially is in the conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't see the strikeout upside for Watkins. Um, I don't Minnesota's getting a little healthier. Buxton's been in, in the lineup the last couple of days, Kirloff has been up. Um, I just, I don't think that Watkins has the skills or the upside that I need to play him here today. Um, I, I prefer the Minnesota bats. I think that's kind of where I'm at too. 
Um, you just said it nicer than I did. Joe Ryan. Um, I mean, when we're looking at the slate as a whole, he's that like, I, I wouldn't even call him like he's kind of mid tier. Um, but yeah, he, he's in a good spot. Yeah. Great matchup here against Baltimore. I, like the price is what I'm struggling with. 8,800 is, is a lot to ask for a guy who has been good at times, but a little bit inconsistent at the same time. Um, the strikeout rate on the season is not as high as I expected it to be. It's 21.8%. This is a guy I think of as having really good stuff and um, potential for, for high strikeouts here, but you look at his game log. He just had one against Colorado who I I mentioned, they're not a high strikeout team, but then he goes and strikes out seven guardians who are the lowest strikeout team in baseball. So Joe Ryan is a guy I'm struggling to figure out. It's a phenomenal matchup against Baltimore. Theoretically, there should be some strikeout upside here. Um, I, I don't love the price. If I'm being honest, i you've got Lance Lynn that that's a little bit cheaper. Um, and there's some other guys in this eight K range as well that we know have strikeout upside. So I'll play some Joe Ryan just because I, I believe in this stuff. I think he's a talented pitcher, um, but a little bit worried about the inconsistency. Love the matchup though. Big time prospect. Um, you know, you gotta, I think this is one of those spots where you, you want to do a little bit of digging on Baltimore and fastballs because Joe Ryan's going to throw his fastball 55 to 60% of the time. Most games um, really good electric, very good control fastball. So, I mean, it is above average fastball. And I mean, this guy is a big prospect. He came over from Tampa in the Nelson Cruz deal. Was it two years ago? Um, whenever it was, but yeah, I mean, big prospect, big arm, good stuff. We know he's capable of big games and ownership wise. I, I want to see what it can. And I mean, the other good thing about Joe Ryan is like, he came back, he threw 74 pitches in his first start back and he's gone over a hundred and back to back games. So not necessarily too concerned about, you know, pitch count, but I mean, this is a guy that he can put up 30 plus. So yeah, he's in play. Baltimore bats. I mean, they're cheap. Um, the price for Cedric Mullins always kind of stands out to me. He's someone that I love to play. Joe Ryan, much, much. He's a fly ball guy. I mean, big fly ball guy. So I, I think a guy like Mullins is in play. Uh, you know, Adley Rutschman, we were just waiting for it to happen. And now it's starting to happen. This dude's very talented. He's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Um, he's starting to hit the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I don't mind maybe a mini stack from Baltimore if Joe Ryan gets some ownership. I don't think I fully stack them either way. But, I mean, they could be in play today. Yeah, I don't mind them here. I think Ryan's talented, but he he does have some issues with five balls. Um, so chasing some home runs, a little mini stack, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Baltimore's an, another, like, there's some talent here. I know we've, we've kind of picked on Baltimore all season because of their strikeout rates, but... Since calling up Rutschman, Hayes has had a really good year. Santander's been decent. Mountcastle's been been pretty good. Um, there's some talented hitters in this lineup, so I, I do. And they're all in the the 3K range, so outside of Mullins and Hayes in the the low 4Ks. So I like the pricing here. I think you can chase a little mini stack here. I like it. Minnesota. Um, I mean, I, I think they're a stacker fade type of team for me today because they are kind of pricey they're not like overly expensive but i mean they're not necessarily cheap for the guys that i'd want to stack and 
I think Watkins is a guy you can you could take some shots on. You know, he's young. He really hasn't shown big strikeout stuff. He seems to be more very fly ball, ground ball, neutral type pitcher. Uh, I think this is a stack or fade spot. Yeah, I like Minnesota a good amount here. Um, I don't love the pricing, but I do think they're they're one of the better offenses of the day. Um, Buxton at, at fifty seven hundred, one of the best hitters in baseball. Like Arise, you look at his numbers and like you look at the price tag at forty nine hundred, and it doesn't feel like you should pay that price for him. But he's been really good this season. Kepler at forty seven hundred is fine. Correa at forty six hundred. Sanchez has upside at forty five hundred. Um, Polanco at thirty nine hundred, and one of my favorites is Kirilov at, at twenty eight hundred. A, a big time prospect um, hits from the left side of the plate, which I I think Watkins actually has reverse splits. But at that price tag, I don't care. Um, he's going to get some at-bats off the bullpen as well. Um, just a better hitter than his $2,800 price tag. But, yeah, um, like Buxton, Kepler, two of my favorites, and, and love the price tag on, on Kirilov. All right, cruising along here. we got the Angels and Astros. This game currently at 8.5 total. Astros a 155 favorite. Lorenzen against Javier. Uh, any interest here in Michael Lorenzen at 7,100? Not against this Houston team. Um, Alvarez, I doubt, will be back in the lineup. I don't know if they ever officially put him on the IL, but just a a nasty collision. Uh, Missed the game yesterday. Probably is out of the lineup again. So a little bit of a watered down lineup from Houston probably, but I just I don't trust the skills from from Lorenzen. Um, There's still plenty of talented hitters. I don't think I'll have any of him. Yeah, even like the lineup that they rolled out, uh, on Thursday, because I was waiting, you know, we were all kind of waiting to see what Severino was going to be facing. And, you, you know, even the lineup that they rolled out there, not a ton of power, but still not a ton of strikeouts. So um, I don't think the Reds and beats this team. And I don't think I don't think I'm playing him today. It, I mean, if you wanted to take a shot on the dark. And if you're playing 150, maybe you play like five percent. I don't mind 5% pitchers sometimes um, when I'm building max entry. Christian Javier on the other side of this game. I mean, this is a tough lineup. It's such a tough lineup. The top half anyway, the bottom half. eh. But, I mean, Javier is a massive fly ball guy with a bunch of strikeout potential. Um, It can go either way. It really can. Um, And I I hate being that guy, but it really can go either way. It's just the top half of this lineup is tough. The bottom half of this lineup strikes out and is beatable, but I mean, what are you going to get out of the top half? Yeah, so Javier at ninety two hundred is the reason I'm I'm not completely sold on Ryan. I think Javier has crazy upside in this spot against a, a high strikeout Angels team. He also has the potential that he gives up four home runs and doesn't last three innings. Um, so exactly like you said, I'm going to play Angels against him. I'm going to stack him in tournaments. He's he's one of the most volatile plays on the slate. He has a strikeout rate above 30% for the season. That's up there with Burns and Cole. Um, he is walking way more guys than, than those two aces. Um, but the Angels strike out a ton. So this is a super high upside spot for Javier. 9,200 seems like a, a pricey tag for him. Um, but I think he can pay it off in this spot, no doubt. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think it's a crazy idea. Kind of looking at it more. Um, yeah, 
here I will say this: like he is definitely playable for tournaments, and Otani Trout Ward is definitely playable on the other side. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, like he probably gives up a home run or two here, but if he if he gives up two solo home runs and strikes out ten, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, like let's talk Angels bats, right? Because with the fly ball tendencies. You know, Trout, Otani, Ward, Walsh. I mean, you could play any of these guys against him and try to get a home run or two. Um, so even as much as like stealing, like Javier might strike out eight or nine guys in this game and give up one or two or three home runs and still like it could work out both ways for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm playing Angels bats. I believe Javier has the highest fly ball rate among starting pitchers in, in the league. So like, it's not just a fly ball lean. It's an extreme fly ball profile guys like trout and Otani who put the ball in the air a lot. That's going to give them a great chance to hit a home run. So if he's not striking those guys out, it's getting hit hard in the air more than likely, which is a, a dangerous spot for a pitcher. So love Otani and trout ward and Walsh Walsh is too cheap. Um, like, I don't know if I'm going to stack the Angels necessarily, but Javier does struggle with walks, so I, I don't want to rule it out, um, but I prefer to chase the home runs here. So I don't mind playing two or three of them together, looking for a couple of home runs. Stacks in play because of the walks, but I think I'll have more of them um, just home run hunting than I will stack. Houston against Lorenzen, even if Alvarez is not back in the lineup, I could definitely see using a few of these guys. They're just kind of pricey. Um, that's, I think, the biggest concern for me on Houston is, like, you're really going to need the guys you play to have a big game because they're so pricey. Yeah, I mean, Tucker at 5,300 is probably the one I, I like the best. Pricey tag, but talented hitter. Um Altuve at 5,500, I struggle with a little bit. Bregman just, he hasn't quite been elite this season. He, he's had a down year. Um, 4,900, I don't love that price tag. Guriel's been down. Um, we'll see. Pena also was in that collision with, with Alvarez. So Dubon got the start on Thursday night. He's 2,900. So depending on his spot in the lineup, I could I could get some of him. Um, who's the other the, the outfielders, Jake Myers is the guy that filled in on Thursday as well. He's two, he's minimum price. Matajevich was in the lineup at DH. He's, he's minimum price. Like, I don't mind punting, like give me Tucker um, and Dubon. And like, you can p- punt with a couple of these 2k guys. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I think the Astros are, are actually pretty, pretty in play here. All right. Cruising along, we got San Diego at LA taking on the Dodgers. Did you see that video or like the picture that was like surfacing of like Freddie Freeman sitting behind all the Dodgers, looking so unhappy, and all the Dodger players like up on the on the bench? Like, I missed the picture, but that the story with his agent. I mean, that's just wild. Like, I, I didn't even I read the. A... I didn't read the story, but um, yeah, but... apparently they just never told them about the the Braves' final offer or that it was going to be a final offer before they moved on. So. I mean, yeah, sad, sad stuff there with hopefully, hopefully that's not a true story. Like, I don't know. I, I think Swanson's represented by the same, same agency. So if like, how, how do you keep them on as agents? If you're Dansby Swanson going into a free agent year when they just treated Freeman like that. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, 
all this stuff has been coming out and Freddie Freeman's been crushing the ball. So it's obviously not affecting him at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Seven and a half total in this game. Dodgers are 180 favorites. Uh, Blake Snell going up against Gonzalez. Any interest here in Blake Snell against the Dodgers? Going to be dependent upon the, the ownership. If, if he comes in at like 5%, like Blake Snell is a guy that has crazy strikeout upside when he's right. More than likely, he's going to walk too many guys and he's not going to go deep into the game. And the Dodgers are going to put up a couple of runs. Um, but if he's if he's really low owned, I'll take some some shots on it in large field tournaments. Um, definitely not going to be a strong stance. But if he's like 5%, I would try to play like, a, I don't know, 15% or something like that in a 20 max. They're going to platoon a lot against Snell. Um, his strikeout rate goes from like 31% to lefties to like 23% against righties. Um, walk rate stays around the same. The guy's just struggling with walks. He is going to go from facing some, you know, decent bats to a guy like Thompson and Alberto. Um, so, I mean, the lineup overall might be a little bit weaker, but they're still going to platoon a ton, against, ton of righties against them. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in Snell. Um, I actually have a lot of interest in Tony Gonzalez. I really don't think Tony Gonzalez is going to be popular here today. And, yeah, Machado back in the lineup – and the top half of this lineup doesn't really strike out, but I mean, I don't think the Padres, like I was watching this thing. Frank Thomas was talking about um, on Fox sports. He was talking about like, he thought the the Padres were going to be a team that like contends for a world series this year. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I, I just, I didn't get that. Um, I don't think the Padres, I don't, I don't think they're having a great year. And I mean, I know they're like, right there with the Dodgers as far as like win loss goes. Um, but I don't I mean, think it, de- it depends on what Tatis looks like when he gets back. If as long, I mean, as long as Tatis comes back healthy, I mean, that's obviously a huge bat that they're adding to the lineup. I just, I don't know. I think the national league still kind of goes to the Dodgers, but I mean, that's me personally. And I think the giants are very underrated. Um, the NL central is always, you know, a team like a, a division that seems very underrated and like, we, we haven't even, like, talked about, like, the Mets getting DeGrom back. Like, they yeah. they have 47 wins. They lead the NL. Um, I looked this up earlier. That's the only reason I know off the top of my head. But, like, they don't even have DeGrom back. So, I don't know. Um, Tony Gonzalez, 10-3. I just don't think he gets any ownership today. Um, with Cole and Burns, and maybe he shouldn't. Maybe I'm, like, way off here. You know, he really doesn't have, like, the ceiling those two guys have. I mean the fact that he threw 94 pitches last time out was nice. Um, they let him go a little bit deeper, but I am a little crazy. He does not have the ceiling as the other two guys. I think if I'm playing him, it's probably a double barrel situation. And, you know, there's some cheap offenses to really make it work, but I just don't think he gets ownership today. And I think that 25 to 30 is not out of the question for him today. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing the 25 to 30 thing. He's been doing all season long, pretty much. He, he's been incredible this year. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I looked at it and I was like, I can't pay that price for Gonsolin when when Burns and Cole are on the slate. But is it? I mean, it's it wouldn't surprise me at all if Cole ends it like six innings and six strikeouts against a, a tough Cleveland team that makes a ton of contact. So then all you're like, you just need Burns to fail, um, and Javier to give up a couple of home runs, and maybe he puts up a score that's that's useful on the slate. So. I wasn't considering him originally getting Machado back for the Padres is, is a pretty decent 
boost for them as well. Um, Machado's been really good this year. Maybe he gets a day off because he he just had one game back coming from an extended absence. Um, then I would have some a little bit more interest in Gonsolin. I, I just I think I'm going to try to get over the field on on Burns and Cole and won't have enough left. Um, I like Javier too. I'm I think just saving the the thousand dollars and going down to Javier is going to be my the way I play it. But it's probably going to be how most of the field plays it too. I, I agree with you that he's going to come in super low owned. So um, don't hate it as as a tournament dart. My issue is like, I don't really want to play any Padres bats. Um, Manny Machado say, however you want to say it, this dude always presses the Dodgers. It feels like um, maybe I'm just seeing like one or two things, but I I think you could take shots on Machado, but he's 6,100. He, like he's so expensive that it's so tough to play him. Yeah. I don't quite understand the price. Like he missed a week there. Um, typically we see the price come down a little bit when, when guys are out of the lineup, but he has been playing an extremely high level. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you that Gonsolin's a really good pitcher. So that's a tough price to, to pay. I don't like any like Profar's overpriced, Cronenworth's overpriced. Like I'm not, I'm definitely not playing Padres outside of, outside of Machado and even don't even love him, um, with the price tag and the injury. I didn't even see what he did on Thursday night. Um, I can try to look that up, but yeah, no, just no real. I guess that game's still just kind of getting started, but yeah, no interest in the Padres here. I think Gonsolin's really good. Um, Dodgers bats. We're going to have some cheap bats here for the Dodgers today. Overall, um, you know, Taylor 4,500, a good, you know, lefty righty splits guy. We're going to see Alberto probably in the lineup here at 2,800, um, Trace Thompson in the lineup at 2,600. I mean, you're going to get some cheap bats. Just Snell walks, guys. I I could see like one or two big hits being a huge difference maker. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Snell's a guy that can get blown up. Um, The walks get away from him. And anytime you can get into the early part of any bullpen, like San Diego's had a a good bullpen. Um, But anytime you get a starting pitcher out early and you get in, to the front end of that bullpen it's a good spot to be in so one of the best offenses in baseball against a pitcher who can really have problems with the control and run up his pitch count early um yeah i like the dodgers and having a couple of value bats in there to help make to help fit in like will smith is somebody i definitely want to play uh trey turner i I like a good amount as well chris taylor at 4500 um yeah you can you can fit in a couple of the the bigger bats um, with the punts like Thompson, Alberto, um, whoever ends up being in the lineup. So I like the Dodgers to get them out here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oakland at Seattle. Kaplan against Marco Gonzalez in this one. Eight total. Mariners, a 200 favorite here. Any interest in Kaplan? Don't think so. Um, the price tag is the one thing that has me looking into him, but the strikeout stuff just has not been there for him. He did have that one outlier game, and it was against the Seattle team. I don't know. I, like I wrote him up. As, oh, I put I wrote him up for a strikeout prop um, after we saw those seven Ks. He really increased his slider usage, which I thought was kind of a recipe for success. Like his, his fastball is straight. It's average velocity around 95. 
like the slider is pretty good. The changeup is pretty good. And I really thought he was going to start leaning on his off-speed pitches more, but then we just haven't seen it. Two strikeouts against Kansas city um, busted my prop. And then he didn't strike or no, that was, that was his last outing. I don't know why he must've pinch ran or something in the Yankees game, but um, he, just the one start against Kansas city was really disappointing. Uh, I know Kansas city doesn't strike out a ton, but um, just he struggled with the control again, which has been an issue all year. I just don't don't like what we've seen from him. Um, I think there's some talent somewhere buried in there, but he's still just not quite right. Yeah, I just Seattle is not typically a team that I like to take guys against anyway. Like they're a very patient offense, um, and for a guy that struggles with control like Caprillion, that that can be an issue. The other side of this game, Mark Gonzalez. I mean, Mark Gonzalez is 13% K rate on the season. Anybody can beat Oakland, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't want to play Marco Gonzalez at 7,400 here. I would rather take like a boom bus strikeout guy instead of um, Marco Gonzalez here. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, the guy we're going to talk about in the next game is on the slate. Um, I think he's a far safer option. Um, I don't, just there's no upside for Gonzalez. Is he going to get blown up against Oakland? Probably not. Um, but if, if he has four more than four or five strikeouts, it would shock me. So I, I just, I don't see the upside, especially when you, you have a talented pitcher like Lynn in the same price range. I mean, Mark Gonzalez is not like this guy, like he's allowed 14 home runs in 15 games this year. Like he has a high, high home run per nine. Um, so it's not like he's a guy that's going to limit home runs too. Yeah. This is a guy that gives up a ton of hard contact earlier on in his career he was great at generating you know ground balls and getting out of it but i mean his ground ball rate this year is 45 percent um it's not as low as it you know has been in years past so 46 percent. sorry uh oakland bats um loriano is someone i like a lot uh, murphy piscotti uh pinder is in the lineup he's always a guy that i like to take against lefties um i'll be looking at oakland today on the cheaper side and just maybe looking at something like Pinder's 2300. He's so cheap. Elvis Andrus had a shortstop position. I don't mind, you know, punting. He's 2300 in this spot. Um, Christian Patchy. Oh, he got sent down. That's right. I've read that today. Um, Piscotti is 2K. Um, yeah, they just, they have some cheap. I mean, like you can go Piscotti. Pinder, and yeah, you have to use two of your outfield spots, but you could build anything you want after that um, with these guys and their prices. Yeah, I, I really like your Pinder car, call, guy that's been really good against lefties in his career. Um, I like Murphy to fill a catcher position. They'll probably DH either Vote or Betancourt, so I don't don't mind either one of those guys. Um, I guess against the lefty, it's probably going to be Betancourt, right? He's he's been hitting the ball really hard. The results haven't been there, uh, but I, I think he's a decent hitter. Um, Murphy is kind of another guy that's, that's underperformed, but who I think is a little bit better than he's been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not scared of Marco Gonzalez. I don't mind um, Pinder. I really like that call. Piscotti just being minimum price, totally okay with. And then I'd look to Murphy or Betancourt or, or Loriano to fill that out. That, that makes a fine little three man for me. Yeah. Loriano, like, his ISO number is 200. He has a 399 Woba, but the thing that really stands out to me is he has a 9% soft contact rate with zero infield fly balls this season against left-handed pitching. So I, I think Loriano would probably be my favorite if I like, 
you have to use so many outfield spots with Oakland for these these guys. That's the only like I, I loved when Pinder you could use him at second base and they kind of took that away from us. But yeah, I still like I still like you know potentially using two outfielders here and it's 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 one of those things too, Keith. With Arizona and Colorado being so cheap, I don't think a lot of people will be playing like a guy like Piscotti or Pinder today. Um, because yep. I don't know if you necessarily need to. Um, Seattle. I mean, I always like Julio Rodriguez. This guy, this guy he has, just homered again, by did the way. He, he yeah, he has big power, season. man. He's big incredible. power. Um, yeah, he would be my favorite. Outside of him, I mean, with Ty France on the IL, it's really tough to like say stack. Um, wait, when they get healthy, though, Seattle's sneaky good when they get healthy. Um, they got a they got a pretty. They're just kind of looking overall. They got a pretty good lineup once they get fully healthy here. I mean, Kyle Lewis is another guy that's out um, for them right now, so they're without Hanniger, Lewis, and. Um, I know I'm missing someone else. Tremel, they just put on the aisle who had been starting to pick it up a little bit here recently. Really talented prospect. France. Yeah, I, France is the other yeah, one. That oh, I was yeah. France has yeah. been having an awesome season. And yeah. Crawford just um, – he was suspended, right? It was, like, he's suspended yeah, for yeah, four he's, games. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a really good point. There, there could be some more suspensions coming down. Um, there are, what, four or five more pending appeals here. So I, I don't know why Crawford is, is the only one that decided to start serving his, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple more pending suspensions coming for the Mariners. Yeah. I mean, Winker was, well, he's just yeah. like, he was appealing a seven game, probably tried to get it reduced to five. So um, yeah, that was wild. Anyway, um, Seattle bats. I mean, obviously a ton of interest in Julio Rodriguez. Um, assuming that like his two game doesn't get, I mean, Okay. Let's say this really quick. Let's go back to this. Let's say the suspensions all come down today. James Kaplan's 5,500. Do we know the talent is in there somewhere? Do we go back to the conversation? If like, <laughs> if Rodriguez, if Rodriguez Winker. and like Winker and Crawford's out um, and like the only guy you're really worried about is like Suarez. Like, I think the conversation comes back to maybe I'm looking at Kaplan here today. Yeah, I, I think I would definitely have some some interest there. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing. Definitely going to have to keep our our eyes on the news for those suspensions and what happens there. They usually don't let it go more than a few days, and like yeah. they'll reduce it. But I mean, we could see like Julio Rodriguez. He got it's like a two game suspension. He'll probably get one. Winker seven game suspension. He'll probably get five. But yeah, I mean. JP Crawford, we know he's out for four games. Well, three because he served um, one on Thursday. But just kind of throwing that out there. The more I think about that, the more um, Caprillion is is. Gosh, he might actually be in play at fifty five hundred. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, if they are in there, I will say he Caprillion has struggled against lefties. Um, so Julio is obviously the most talented hitter here, but I do like the lefties also Winker and Raleigh would be the two in particular. Um, Carlos Santana is really cheap. He's going to be in there regardless. I don't even think he was with the team at the time of that, that brawl. So Santana at 3,300, I know he's struggled a little bit this season, but he's still got a little pop. Raleigh's had a great season like him as the catcher. Uh, And if Winker's in there, I like him a good amount as well. Carlos Santana is almost in Miggy category. 
<laughs> he he is getting there. You're right. Like the power Very is much just, dust. <laughs> yeah, the power is just not there anymore. I mean, still really solid hitter. Um, and like Miggy, really solid hitter. There's just no more power. It just kind of it makes you like it just makes you go like, man, Albert Pujols has a ton of power and he's had it for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We finish it out with the white Sox at San Francisco taking on the giants, seven and a half total giants, a one forty favorite here, Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb. Um, let's start with Lance Lynn. We already kind of talked about it. We expect him to be somewhat popular in this spot. Um, I mean, he's 7,600. He threw 109 pitches last time out. He came back and he threw 88. He's gone 88, 99, 109. I, I mean, this is a guy that most starts is going to throw 105 pitches. Um, 7,600, good offense. You know, that's the one thing that we will say. Good offense against the Giants. My biggest concern with Lynn is, I mean, the Giants can go very lefty against him, and he is much better against righties. Yeah, this is a price thing. Um, he's a better pitcher than 7,600. I don't love the matchup here. I agree. He's going to see a bunch of lefties. Um, has always struggled with lefties throughout his career. But, th- I mean, this is a guy who, when he is healthy, has one of the longest leashes in baseball. The White Sox have not been shy about throwing him back out there. Um, was at 109 pitches right away in his third start back this season. So, I mean, you can expect over 100 pitches here should be able to get you through six innings as long as he doesn't get blown up. Um, he, the form hasn't been great. He's been hit around a little bit in his, in his first three starts back, but this is a pitcher we paid around nine K for when, when he's right. Um, so at 7,600, I'm, I'm willing to look past the matchup a little bit. I, I do like San Francisco as an offense. There's going to be plenty of lefties in here, but um, Lance Lynn is going to give you a hundred pitches at 7,600. Um, and there's some skills there. If he's really chalky, I definitely don't mind going underweight on him. I was going to say, say in in tournaments, I'm totally on board. If if he ends up picking up ownership, I'm totally fine um, being underweight in in tournaments. He's probably most people's SP2 cash game. So for sure. Yep. Alex Cobb. I mean, Alex Cobb last year, I'd be super interested here. He just really hasn't been great. Um, You know, I obviously know Yasmani Grandal in this lineup. Um, that obviously helps a little bit. Mendek, I think, is out as well. Uh, Eloy is still out. Still a solid lineup. Um, I mean, especially the top half of this lineup. I don't think I play Cobb at 8,300 today. Could he get 2025? Yeah, he could. Um, he just really hasn't been pitching great. He has been like the most unlucky pitcher this season. His XFIP is yeah. like two or three runs lower than his ERA. And I have been chasing that all season long. Um, like yeah, I, I was super now. high. Can't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> I was super high on him coming into the year. He comes out, he strikes out 10 in the first start of the year. It's like, all right, here we go. But Alex Cobb is a new pitcher. Velocity is up. Like, but I just, I don't know if I can keep doing it. Um, I've been burned so many times that like, I pretty much write up his strikeout prop every day that he pitches. Um, like he's walking too many guys. He's giving up just like the BABIP is insanely high. I just, I need to see him have some success. I think before I want to chase it there, there's upside here. The white Sox don't strike out a ton, but Cobb's strikeout rate is is still, even though he struggled this season, the highest of his career. Um, and that's because of that up, uptick in velocity, but the walks are a little bit of an issue. The leash is a little bit of an issue. 
don't necessarily love the matchup against the high contact White Sox team. So I don't, he's fine. If he's super low owned, I'm probably going to end up on him, but I, I just, I'm not going to take a huge overweight stance. Like I have the, the last couple of outings. Um, like when he was facing Pittsburgh, I thought like they skipped the rehab start and he ended up only throwing 60 pitches in that one, but he didn't look great even outside of just getting 60 pitches. So I need to see it out of, out of Cobb. I don't know if he's just dealing with nagging injuries or what it is, but I think he's a really talented pitcher. Um, would like to see him figure it out for a couple of starts before I, I take a heavy stance on him. All right. Um, yeah, let's, Bats here. Anything on the White Sox standing out to you? There's just so many injuries in this lineup. It, it's tough. Um, and I do think Cobb is, is a good pitcher. Um, I think really, I, I mean, I don't love the, the pricing on Robert and Anderson. I know they're, they're really t- talented hitters, but again, like Cobb is talented too. So I don't love spending up here. Um, Berger and Abreu is really cheap. Maybe that's that's a guy you could look at as a one-off. Um, Vaughn, like I'm, I'm just not in love with anything I'm seeing on the White Sox. This is probably just going to be a, a an avoid spot for me, just because I have respect for Cobb as a pitcher. I don't love the White Sox, but I, I need to see it out of Cobb, so I'm not targeting him. I'm probably just going to kind of stay away from both sides of this here. See, I disagree with staying away from both sides because I like the Giants here. Um if Lance Lynn is going to be popular, Jock Peterson, Brandon Bell, Yaz, you know, Yaz, um, I mean, that's a three-man of three lefties that all could take Lynn deep. Um, I don't want to play righties against him at all. Um, and I am a little concerned about, like, pinch hit risk. But, I mean, these three guys – really stand out to me um i this is one of those times i really wish brandon crawford was with with like in the lineup and Lestella, you didn't have to use him at like first base and you could play him and belt um but i think this is a three man i like a lot like Cobb this year and it's three starts but he's a seven percent k rate against lefties um and, and like he's already allowed a couple home runs against lefties and like his home run per nine trending in the really bad direction against lefties. His XFIP is almost five against lefties. He's so good. He's so good against righties. But, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked here if Jock Peterson takes him deep in his first at bat. And I know he's expensive, but, I mean, Jock is a dude with 17 home runs on the year. Lance Lynn, this is the type of hitter that he really struggles with. Big power, guy that is a free swinger. Lance Lynn, low strikeout rate guy against lefties. I just... I don't mind taking some of these bats. If this game was in a different ballpark, I think I'd play a full stack here on the Giants, but uh, I definitely don't mind these three left-handed hitters. Yeah, I, I can get on board with, with that. Um, it is a tougher ballpark, but I, I do like the lefties. Um, I think Lamont Wade is back now as well. Um, he's 3,800. Yeah, all right, that's four. Yep, so definitely can mix and match, match those. Um, I like the price on Yaz a good amount. I think Jock is really good. I don't love the price, but he can he can certainly hit a home run here. Um, yeah, I, I, I like your call on on the lefties here. All right, um, let's play the morning grind game, and we will get out of here under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you like today? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's going to be Lance Lynn. Um, like 
just the ceiling is so much higher for him because he has such a longer leash than a lot of these guys in this range. Um, San Francisco doesn't strike out a ton. We just got done talking about how they're going to stack lefties against him. Um, but I still think he's the best bet to do it. I'm going to go Ronzi Contreras. Um, I really like him today as a pivot off of Lance Lynn. I hope he doesn't get a ton of ownership, but I think he's the guy. Like, he is your pivot off of Lance Lynn today. He can walk five and, like, do nothing, but this is also a guy who can strike out seven, eight, nine hitters. Um, he has the strikeout ability. So give me a guy over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? I know you're on him a little bit, but I'm going to go Gonsolin here. Um, and he might get 15 or, or 18 even. Um, but just that price tag is not going to be something that I think he can pay off on a slate where we've got uh, Burns and Cole up top. You've got Javier with big upside right be- right beneath him. Um, Gonsolin, a good pitcher, but Machado being back for the Padres, I think lengthens that lineup a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll take him to bust today. Um, I think I have to go – Blake Snell today, um, 8,600 going up against the Dodgers. He's only, I think he's only broke 15 like three times. Um, and I think he's had seven starts. So I'll go Blake Snell. I'll play the odds over 4K to hit a home run, not in cores. Who do you got? Uh, give me Aaron Judge. Dude, just been insane this year. Um, facing a low strikeout righty. Um, just love this spot for him. Hey, he was my pick yesterday to hit a home run. And I don't think he did. I am going to go with my boy, Jock Jams. I really think he takes Lance Lynn deep in this spot. And I know he's a pricey. I just, I like this spot a lot for Jock Peterson today. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bet that you like today? Uh, Give me Kirloff for the Twins, uh, 2,800 against Watkins, who just has not shown any strikeout ability. Um, I like him a good amount. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to say, because we don't take cores, but I'm going to say David Peralta is the best value play on the slate today. Um, Love it. Without a doubt. But my two hits under 4K, I'm going to go all the way 2K. Steven Piscotti is 2K today. Should hit in the top three spots for Oakland today against Marco Gonzalez. A lot of contact there. We'll see what, how it plays out. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Uh, I'm going to keep picking on, on Watkins. Give me Minnesota. Um, just a lot of right-handed power in that lineup. I, I think they set up pretty well against him. Yeah, no, no pressure. Um, the two picks yesterday were Pittsburgh um, in Philadelphia, so <laughs> pressure today. Um, your Chicago Cubs, by the way, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but they, oh, yeah. I think they I have am. like 15 runs now. Um, yeah. So hopefully your stack's <laughs> doing their thing. So. I have uh, a couple of teams up there. I've got one in fourth and one in 20th, so I, I have been kind of keeping an eye on that. Hey, that's perfect. Podcast distracted you from um, stressing out a sweat. Like that's what it's <laughs> here for. Uh, my stack to score six more runs today. <sighs> Try not to go chalky. Give me, you know what? Give me, give me Oakland against Mark Gonzalez. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I'm going to go sweat a couple of lineups. It looks like um, I knew the Cubs were hitting some home runs. I, I didn't realize that I, they were quite doing that well for me. Um, Patrick wisdom up to 44 DK points, Chris Morell at 34 DK points. I've got both of them in stacks. Um, so I need, I've got Logan Gilbert also still going in that lineup. So pretty live for 
for a takedown here. Logan Gilbert needs to get some strikeouts. Yes, he does. I, I did one. I did one prize picks last night after the podcast, and he was one of my strikeout brothers. He needs to get it going. Um, so that's gonna wrap it up here for the weekend. We'll be back Monday talking baseball. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Good luck. We'll see you then.